This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg, and it is our fall member drive, 800-359-4145, or go online to prairiepublic.org. Those are two easy ways to support the service that you rely on, whether you are here for Main Street or coming up next, All Things Considered. We also have, of course, Morning edition every morning with local host Dave Thompson and the rest of our news staff, Katie, Danielle, and Todd, working to cover the regional issues. Great amount of variety coming at you every weekend with shows like Away with Words, This American Life. Whatever is your reason for support, know that we value and appreciate your contribution, your investment in this programming. So go online to prairiepublic.org or give us a call 800-359-4145. Feel free to leave us some comments. We like to hear what it is you like or what you might do differently here at Prairie Public. And we take those comments very seriously again prairiepublic.org or 800-359-4145. And we are going to go with one of our favorite people now, and that is Sue Balcom, root seller. Sue owns and operates the root seller's farm outside of Mandan, and she joins us once a week to talk about food. And this is a section of the show that we would very characterize as (laughs) local color. (laughs) Okay. She's got personality galore. (laughs) That's part of why you listen and why you can support at (laughs) 800-359-4145. And Sue, you want to talk about borscht. Am I getting that right? (laughs) I think so. You said actually better than I do. We just used to call it vegetable soup at our house. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, And this is the time of year that you want to be looking for those rich vegetables. Oh, God. And you know what? I probably made two gallons of borscht the other day. Wow. um, Because I thought to myself, you know, I have all these vegetables in the garden and they're they're just they're just out there just kind of waiting for fall and I thought, well I can dig some now. So I went out and got some green beans, onions, garlic, Mm. beets. Carrots mm. and cabbage. Will you marry me, Sue? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, <laughs> I would love it. You know, I always had this idea that as we got older, my friends and I, I said we should find somebody that has like a um, land with a lake on it, and then we should each build a little tiny cabin. There'd be someone who was a retired nurse, mm. retired doctor, <laughs> a carpenter, someone I who do, liked to cook. I do love a design your own commune. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. See, and I thought we could help each other out. We could have bonfires together. I mean, it would be like super cool. <laughs> then you could get me this great big, huge copper kettle that's on a swing arm over that fire. Oh, man. And we could make big pots of borscht. <laughs> <laughs> There is something about that soup that where I come from, it is like everybody's favorite, and there is no two recipes that are alike. Sure. Not at all. Okay, but what are some things you'd want to 
to to, to use, have it. Oh, you absolutely can't recipe. make it without beets. Let's, well, let's yeah. say that. Right yeah. There. In fact, I was surprised when you said a vegetable soup, but I was like, isn't it just beets? No, actually, the way my mom. This is how I do it, based on kind of how my mom did it. Um, I have all this beautiful grass-fed round steak in my freezer. So mm. I will partially thaw it. I will hint along the ways about easy things here. Um, partially thaw your meat and then cut it into little tiny squares. If you like a lot, I don't particularly need meat in my soup, but there are people who really appreciate hunks of beef. Um, I cut mine into, oh, probably half-inch squares. Trim off all the fat. Then I take that meat and put it in my um, Tupperware marinator with some a little bit of cornstarch, remember we talked about cornstarch, and a little bit of flour and salt and pepper and shake that up. Mm. Then I let it warm up to room temperature. Um, I realize that my husband and I disagree on this, but you're, you know, when you're grilling and things, you should let your meat come up to room temperature. I'm not saying leave it out overnight, but you know, it, so that it's not so cold when you throw it in a pan, it's it's uh, cooks better, cooks mm. thoroughly faster. Okay. Um, so then I put like olive oil, which my mom never had olive oil, so she would have probably used any kind of good vegetable oil that she had. Sure. And I brown this meat um, a few pieces at a time. If you throw the whole mass in there and it's all clumped together, you're going to get moisture, and that moisture is going to make that fat pop, and then you're going to get your um, stove all full of olive oil, and you don't want that, and your meat won't actually get crispy on the outside. It will get... Um, just cooked mush. So a few pieces at a time. You can keep adding them, keep stirring them around so that they get coated with oil on all sides. Add more oil if you need to. I don't think you can put too much olive oil in anything, in my <laughs> mind. Um, so you brown that, and then I add, you know, like three or four quarts of water. I use a little bit warmer water than colder water for the exact same reason you warm your meat up a little bit so that you don't get that huge shock going on there when you dump it in your kettle. You'll get some steam. It'll de um, deglaze the pan. You know, it doesn't hurt to have that little bit of flour in that'll thicken your juice at a later date here. So I put, hmm. the, put that in, and then my mom never made soup without throwing in two or three bay leaves and four or five allspice balls. Mm. You can choose to salt your meat when it's frying. I usually wait till later, you know, and then you taste and salt and taste and salt. And then after your vegetables are all in there, then once again, you will have to do adjustments to your salt and pepper. But the basis of a good borscht, of course, is mm -hmm. beets. And I yeah. peel my beets. I don't cook them first and peel them. I peel them with a little paring knife, and I cut them into nice little... I don't like tiny little pieces. I like sort of moderate-sized chunks of vegetables in my soup. So I'll chop up lots of beets, slices of cabbage. Um, and I what I do is... You know, you've got to let that broth cook, you know, and the longer you let it cook, the better the flavor is going to be. Sure. 
And then when you are ready, you've got your carrots all chopped up. And if your vegetables are similar in size, they'll cook evenly. So you've got your, and if you don't have carrots, you can leave your carrots out. Oh, I forgot the potatoes. We have Mm. the most beautiful potatoes this year. And I'll tell you what, there is nothing like growing your own potatoes compared to buying them in the grocery store. The color is pure white and they are firm as all get out and they squirt you in the eye when you cut them into little tiny pieces oh my gosh i love my potatoes (laughs) and i use a lot of them too so real quick question about the beets before we go on does it matter if they're golden beets or red beets nope you can use golden beets but the color of the red beets is what gives borscht its familiar looking color okay now there are people that actually used pickle beets in their borscht recipes because we like that germans like that tang you know we like tang tang Mm. so you're either going to add sour cream before you serve it if you want but we used to have a vinegar bottle of vinegar on the table in a cute little decanter and whenever we had this soup it was up to us we could put vinegar in it or we could put milk and vinegar in it right before we ate it and that would be kind of like having sour cream when your mom doesn't have sour cream in the house my mom was a master at disguising things Mm -hmm. and substituting you know she was well but we didn't have grocery stores and all that stuff back then so okay so we got the beets and peeling beets is not as hard as you would think like just regular peeling and boy raw beet salad like that. Oh, I love oh, it. Gosh, mm-hmm. I love raw beet and raw carrot with a little bit of kombucha or apple cider vinegar. Yeah, and then sesame oil and a squeeze of lime and some say, sesame yep. seeds and it's gotta just have an oil an and vinegar. Yep. Ooh, yum, yum, yum. Yes. I'm hungry. Jeepers, yeah, must be close we to have noon. We've got huh? to stop recording these over the noon. Oh, right? Hour. Isn't that the <laughs> truth? Oh, yum. I'm always just like, oh, I'm dying. Uh, okay, so beets. Carrots, potatoes, cabbage. Then I had green beans. I don't always have green beans asleep, Mm. but they kind of rejuvenated themselves. They rejuvenated themselves so much I thought, I'm just going to ignore them. I can't pickle any more beets or can any more beans. I can't do anything with them, but I put a lot in my soup. I don't ever use corn. That was something that we never really had in this soup. But think root vegetables. I think that's where this all kind of originated in the fall, when your root vegetables start to sweeten because of the cold nights, and definitely after it frosts. You know, like I won't dig my carrots or my potatoes or the rest of my beets till after it freezes because that makes them sweeter. And so you um, simmer your meat stock with your cover on, Um, until you can't stand it anymore because (laughs) your stomach's growling. Oh, gotcha. And then you can throw all those vegetables into the pot, cover it up, and simmer it until they're tender. Then you want to adjust your seasonings. And, of course, you can eat it that day. But the real secret to borscht is to reheat it like three times and it just keeps getting Mm. better and better and that beef we got this year from our farmer near Hazen was just oh just delightfully tender right oh man Um, and so like I said if you don't have beets in your garden there's people that use pickled beets in there Hmm. I've never tried sauerkraut as a substitute for cabbage I don't think that would work. But, you know, if you were in a pinch and you wanted to try that, I would 
I'd give it a go. <laughs> I have a lot of sauerkraut <laughs> in my house. My yeah. my cabbages went from not forming heads when it was 90 degrees out. Then it got cool in July for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. They're minimally 13 pounds a piece. Oh, what? They are insane. What? It'll take three cabbages to fill a five-gallon crock of sauerkraut. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I couldn't. I was so happy. How, like, yeah. I was dancing in the field thinking, I've got cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I can make soup. Aww. I can do whatever I want. But that's um, that was a traditional Sunday meal at our house. Was mm-hmm. uh, It was either chicken noodle soup. She would go back and forth, chicken noodle soup one Sunday, and we would eat cinnamon in our chicken chicken noodle soup. Mm-hmm. My dad would suck down those all those pieces of chicken that had all that fat on there. Those mm-hmm. people weren't afraid of eating any part of the chicken, let me tell you. My mom's favorite part were the legs and the neck of hmm. the chicken. And for those of you who don't know, the best tasting meat is the meat next to the bone. Um, that's tender, and it that's where all your flavor is. And I would definitely recommend getting them from the farm. But um, there was this big yellow Pyrex bowl. Have you ever seen those sets? There's oh, a yellow sure. one, a red one, a green one, and yeah. a blue one, and they're graduated in yep. size. Yep. That big that yellow set. bowl. Mm-hmm. She, she would fill that to the brim with chicken soup or vegetable soup, and set that in the middle of the table, and that would be our after-church dinner. Mm. It was delightful. And I still, to this day, would eat soup every day of the week if I had to. I'm still working on that two gallons of soup. I actually gave a, a half a gallon away, and I, I'm more down to half a gallon. So, it Sounds like you're going to have to make more sourdough bread so that you oh. have a little bit of bread to sop up that soup. Oh, and my sourdough <laughs> bread has been phenomenal this year. Yeah. I actually had one of my containers of starter blow up in my oven and what? the top the what top of girl? the container cracked in half. Oh my gosh. And it was such a mess. And I'm like, this is a good thing and this is a not so good thing. <laughs> it's not so good because I gotta clean it up, but it's good because boy, my sourdough starter is so powerful. So loves you. Oh, my gosh. And that <laughs> bread is so delightful. And mm-hmm. then I've started doing a sourdough focaccia oh, that has stop, tons of stop, olive oil stop. and salt, little shallots. My shallots. Ask you oh, <laughs> oh, God. You just have to come and let me cook for you. I hate that. Well, that is the part of the wife that I want. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Hey, eating well is one of life's little pleasures. And when, you get to, when you get to be my age and have had a year like I've had, the, we take it where we can get it, you know. <laughs> In that beautiful, the color of your soup, of course, is going to, the borscht oh, is yeah. going to take on the beet red mm-hmm. color. And that is the best part, I think, is that it's such a rich looking combination of vegetables. Oh, I'm going to go home and eat soup, I think. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We check in with Sue Balcom once a week. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Ashley.